Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. One of the things that I really, really wanted people to understand is that you can get your finances in order no matter how it begins for you. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. Erica Young is the president of TaylorMade Budgets. After seven years of working in the semiconductor industry as an engineer, Erica decided to help others gain control over their money through personal financial coaching. Her love for numbers and data crunching translated easily into analyzing financial information. All right, let's dig in. All right, Erica. Can I get an oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So the first thing I want to say right off the bat, Erica, is thank you so much for taking the time out of your, I'm sure, very, very busy day to be with uh, the Enterprisers. We certainly do appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. And so thank you for having me. Secondly, I want you to tell us about yourself. But when I say that, I want you to go all the way back to the day it all started, or you can start more current day. Tell us about yourself. Well, originally, um, I was born in Michigan, and my family, you know, we had quite a lot of crazy, I could tell you lots of stories about mismanagement with money and things like that, but I'll tell you this, I I was born into a two-parent household. By the time I was nine my parents had divorced and my single mom really didn't know she wasn't taught by her parents or anyone else for that matter how to manage money neither was my dad and so um, I did not have really solid financial examples one of the things that I really really wanted people to understand is that you can get your finances in order no matter how it begins for you and so my husband and I when we got married we really wanted to change our family tree financially because both of us saw bankruptcy, we saw theft, we saw lots of dysfunction around money and we just did not want to have to struggle but also we did not want to have to resort to some extreme measures that could cause us to deplete or affect our integrity and so it was really important that we find a system that really worked. I believe that is what we have found and the good news is that on that journey, we got out of nearly $100,000 in debt on our way to becoming millionaires, and 
we just really want to teach a positive financial message to other people. And so I've made this my life work. I've been doing this work for nearly 15 years now. I left an engineering career that I thought was going to be my everything. And then um, I took a different path when I noticed that there was a lot of need for people to get free of their financial troubles as well, in addition to, you know, being able to show them how we did it. And so that is my A number one goal and why I do what I do today. You said so many good nuggets in there. I don't even know where to start. Okay, let me um, let me gather my thoughts here. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's do this. Erica, let's take a step back and learn a little bit more about you. What's your favorite thing to do? I like to dance, to be honest with you, and that includes all kinds of dance. Right now, I am taking a dance class with my husband. We're learning cha-cha, the, uh, like, you know, lots of different type of steps. We're learning. I, I love salsa, to be honest with you. I love salsa. When I was coming up, when between the ages of two and a half and about 18, you know, I did dance and jazz. I just enjoy dancing. In college, I did African dance. So, honestly, you put some music on, you're going to see me moving. <laughs> so, that's one of, the, one of the things I enjoy doing right now. You talked about um, a little in your answer before about your background, how you got into uh, to where you are today. And well, I'm especially interested in this piece. And the reason why is because I am also a recovering engineer. So talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that, your whole path, because going into, into that field is not easy. It's, it's extremely difficult. And so you do it, you, you survive, so to speak, yeah. and then you change direction. Talk a little bit about that. I did, yeah. So actually in high school, I was really good at math and science. And my teachers would say to me, you should be an engineer because you are an underrepresented minority and they need you. What that meant was you'll get a job easier than somebody else might because they need you. And I said, okay. And so I knew that I wanted to go to the University of Michigan. And, of course, they have a great engineering school. Believe it or not, I got in. (laughs) So um, I was a direct admit into the engineering school, which is an honor in and of itself. But it was not easy. Like, it took me five years to graduate with my engineering degree. I found a solid community while I was there, and I learned a lot about myself and what I wanted to do. I got the engineering, the electrical engineering degree, and I worked for Motorola, and my division became Freescale, and I did that for seven years. And there were parts of it that I enjoyed, but there were lots of parts that I didn't. I'm a people person, if you haven't already noticed, and I could sit at my desk all day all day and not have a person to interact with at all because I was interacting 100% with my computer. And so that was draining me of energy. I really enjoy collaboration and teamwork and making certain that the best solution is, is what we use versus mine being the only one. And, and that was hard. And so I, I shifted where I was working inside of the, the company and, and was, was able to do product engineering, which means I could see a product from the design to testing and subsequently being inside of the product. And so that was more interesting. And I got to speak in front of people and to represent the company in a few different ways. And so that was neat, but it didn't impact people personally. And it just didn't feel 
like exactly the right fit for what I needed. And so I did work for them for seven years. And that last year when we were trying to finish off our, or should, should say the last two years, when we were trying to finish off our debt, they had these voluntary severance plans and I really wanted to take it. I was ready to be done and move on to something different. And we just, we were in debt, so I could not leave. I just said, this is the kind of decision that I want to help other people be able to make. If you want to be able to leave your job or start a business or be an at-home mom or travel or be on the mission field, money and money issues can hold you back from those dreams. And so I just said, it's time for us to kick this in gear and to really make it a high priority that we you know, pay off our debt. And so we did that for the last little bit of time and I, I think that in that last six months is where I started to see it's possible I can help somebody else I, I took a business class and wrote a business plan and started reaching out to people to see how can I really make a difference doing this work and when I the light bulb started to come on for me I was able to step away from from that job and I honestly haven't looked back I I don't regret my journey at all I look back and I say, I, I can't imagine myself being in engineering now. That was a season of my life. And this season actually has lasted twice as long. So clearly I am exactly where I need to be. I'm not tired of it yet. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that process, that transition, right? Because being a business owner um, and an entrepreneur is quite different than when you have a consistent, steady paycheck and benefits and all of those things. So talk a little bit about the the mindset shift and how you had to kind of transition yourself um, and your process of, of transitioning away from that, that full-time job. Well, what's interesting is now I would tell someone to do things just a little differently than what I did. We did have an emergency fund, so you, you do have to prepare financially. We did have an emergency fund, but it's not as large as what I recommend people have today because you can't expect that your business is going to take off in three or six months. <laughs> You've got to get it some time. And for me, it took about a year for me to really begin to have some consistent income. So I would say one of the things that people really need to do is make certain that you have a solid emergency fund and a cash flow plan that shows your income is going to be increasing and or replace what it is that you used to have before. One of the biggest reasons why I was able to actually leave a job is because without the debt strangling us and our finances, the need that we had for income in was a little less. So for reference point, our debt load was about $1,000 a month um, between car notes and student loans and credit cards. Actually, it was over $1,000 a month. Just our student loans alone took up half of that. So... Just imagine with two credit, two car notes and a couple of credit cards. I mean, that just, you know, that is easily a thousand dollars and being able to pay all of that off. That means that's a need. You don't have to fill every single month. We had childcare expenses and to start off with in the beginning, I, I was doing nights and weekends in order for us to not have the childcare expense. And so I adjusted my timing so that I was able to bring in income but not pay out another $1,000 a month. And you parents out there know that that is what it costs and a lot more. So reducing your expenses makes it easier for you to be able to walk away from, you know, a certain paying job. And, of course, you've got to do the numbers. I mean, you definitely have to look at it and say, what is the income need for the entire household with this new situation? And are we going to be able to meet it? And if not, 
where do we fill in the gap? And so that was a big consideration. But in preparation on the practical side of it, I took some business classes. I actually went to my pastor and said, hey, I've got this idea. Can you help me, first of all, pray over it? And then also he said, I've got a couple of people to send to you. And so I worked with a few people pro bono just to see if this is what I wanted to do. And I, I enjoyed it. And they found some relief. And then I sent out a letter. This was a big thing that I did. It, it's small in practice, but it was big in results. I sent a letter to everybody that I knew, a physical, handwritten, I should say, typed letter signed by me. And I sent it to about 100 people. I gathered those names over a couple of months, sent them out, and I said, this is what I believe my next act is in life. And this is why it's so important to me. And if you or anyone you know uh, needs help in this way, let me know. And so I sent 100 letters. I got about six or seven responses to, yes, I need this, or I know someone who needs this. And so those are my first paying clients. They sent other people to me, or they, or people sent me to groups that needed my help. And so my business was launched from that letter about six or nine months later is when I officially launched my website and really got myself, um, my feet in the door in terms of being able to have re routine clients and things like that. And so you ha it's a process, but I will tell you that there's a lot of planning that I didn't know to do at the time, and now I, I feel much more equipped to help people make that transition because I work with people all the time. I've been doing this now, now for 15 years. I've worked with hundreds of clients and I've seen people take these same types of steps and I know what worked and didn't work for me at the time. And sometimes you do have to just step out on faith, but I think that it's good to have a game plan because even if life gives you a curveball, it'll be easier for you to be able to course correct and figure out how to go from there. Now, from there, you're you're successful. You've been at this for 15 years. Give us some nuggets, um, business owners out there that are listening that uh, might be struggling, might be wondering, man, you know, I don't know if I'm going to 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 survive this. Give us some tips. You know what? One of the biggest things is learning how to weather storm because the work that I do is around financial management. I always think that having an emergency fund is one of the, the things that you really need to do. Keep your debt low is absolutely important because um, if you overextend yourself, it's going to be very difficult for you to um, recover from that. Make certain that you are not alone. Get in, don't be a silo. It, it's important that you have people around you that understand your business and can support and encourage you when times get tough. And I mean a small circle. It might be one or two people and also a bigger circle. Not just networking but business development where you have roundtables or masterminds or something like that so that you can share ideas and you, you can see what's working with someone else. I also think it's good to have mentors. It's great to have people who have gone before you and been successful at that. And so making certain that you have some regular scheduled time with people who can deposit into you um, because they've been down that road before. Don't be afraid to step out and do something different. I fully with everything in me believe that when you have a unique offering or you say it in a way that no one else has said it or you, you know, do it in a way that no one else has or you reach a pain point that or you're feeling a need that is 
necessary for, for people to have filled, and you set yourself apart in those ways, you will be successful. So and when times are tough, because I've had tough times, and I'm like, oh, do I want to do this? Oh, my gosh, I've had these times, and I've got a mentor or my roundtable, or I have, you know, I can look back at my numbers and see how far I've come. I think reflection, self-reflection is always a great idea. Or if you've got ideas that you have not utilized yet, most entrepreneurs, most business owners have a Rolodex of ideas that they haven't implemented because they just haven't made the time. And so looking back at, okay, what worked and what didn't work or what have I not tried yet? And the last thing that I'll say is I think that a lot of people need to make room to dream. Like if you just sit there and and think about, what are the possibilities? You know, I, I have this idea right now, and I, I don't know all the answers to how to make it work. I certainly don't have the cash necessary to implement this idea quite yet, but I'm taking notes, I'm, I'm making plans, and I'm actually searching for people to help me um, with this idea and being very strategic about who it is I talk to about it. And so when you dream, you just absolutely never know what is going to come of that. And I think that that creative process can be very, very useful, um, especially when you're having some of those moments where you're like, oh, my gosh, do I want to do this again? And that creativity starts flowing when you just sit back and take a moment to dream about all of the possibilities and how you can help more people. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic advice. Thank you. Well, as the old saying goes, time flies when you're having fun. So our time together <laughs> is just about up. But I don't want to let you go without you telling us a little bit about your business and what it is that you do. Absolutely. So I'm a financial coach. I primarily work one-on-one -on -one with people. So about 80% of the time I am one-on-one -on -one with my clients, helping them with cash flow plans, debt reduction strategies, and making certain that they understand how much money they need to have saved, be it short-term or long-term. I'm not a financial planner, so that means that I don't do securities. I'm not selling insurance, and I don't, you know, invest for the long haul with my clients. My focus is on the basics and foundations in personal finance. And so my goal is to make sure that you have a solid foundation and are able to um, have some consistent habits that will last for a lifetime. Now I'm moving into doing more one-to-many business opportunities. So I'm going into the corporate space and doing lunch and learns workshops um, or speaking events in order to reach more people. So spending an hour with 100 people versus spending an hour with one, a little bit better use of my time and, and helping more people is a big vision that I have because if you can transform a workspace and all of these people are working on their finances, it makes them more productive in the work that they're doing for their company. And I love the idea of a healthy, a financially healthy workplace. Um, it just takes one thing off of their plate and it's an employee benefit that a lot of companies are finding is, is really important and helpful for their team. So that's what I'm moving into. It's still personal finance, but it's really the one-to-many approach. And in that way, I get a chance to expand my reach, and I love doing that. So speaking of expanding your reach, give the enterprisers one actionable tip that they can implement today to improve their business. One actionable tip. Oh, I love this. Okay, so do a forecast. Forecast your business, and I don't mean for two weeks, I mean for the entire year. So um, at the top of the year, a lot of people set goals, and they do a lot of resolutions, and I think that you need to actually put it in writing and build um, a business plan around that. 
So I already said that my goal was to get into more businesses and to do lunch and learns and things like that. And so I built that into the game plan that I have so that I know what actions I need to be taking on a monthly basis. That is huge. I think when you have a forecast and you're, you're saying this is where I want to be and then you back into it and say this is what I need to be doing today in order for me to see that goal accomplished at the end of the year. That's huge, and it'll transform the way you look at all of the activities. You'll see what's important and what isn't important, because if it is not in alignment with that ultimate goal, then it's going to fall off as unimportant. And so I just say do a forecast, make your goals real, and write them down. I know that people are going to wonder this question. Difference between a budget and a forecast? Oh, that's a really good question. A forecast is basically all of the clients or customers or um, business-to-business opportunities that are going to bring in revenue. So you may only know this for a month or two, depending on what your business is, or maybe even three months. But you, if you can forecast it out for the year, meaning if you, you say what you want and you write it in the forecast, um, in terms of dollars in, then you know what activities you need to do in order to get there. So, for instance, if you need two new clients in the month of March, then you know that you're going to have to do certain activities, reach out to 10 people or go out and speak to, you know, a few different partners in the month of January and February in order for that two-client goal to be accomplished in March. And so it, it starts to define your activity. The budget itself is all of the expenses associated with the way that you do business in support of the goals that you have for the business. So it's really about all of the expenses. The forecast gets very detailed on your clients that you want to or customers that you're serving and things that you're selling. And the budget is all about what is going out. I think it's different for business because, you know, in business, you might have multiple streams of income and where those dollars are coming in. And so forecasting that is important because that can fluctuate every single month. And on a personal side for a budget, typically you might have one or two sources of income on the budget. So it's easy for that to simply be on that same sheet of paper. Thank you so much for that. Uh, if folks want to reach out to you, learn even more about what you do and work or, and or work with you, how can they do that? You can find me on tailormadebudgets.com and I do have a seven day uh, money challenge. And so you can find that on seven number seven daymoneychallenge.com and it is basically a video series one a day for just four or five minutes it helps you get unstuck and if you're looking for some um, business attention and you want someone to come in and talk to or do some type of webinar for your business that is on tailormadebudgets.com under financial development Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Erica. No problem. It's great. Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing to the email list and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget field conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out at podcast at enterprisenow.net with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next time. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.